Welcome to Identity Church Sunday Morning Message, where sonship is revealed. Stay tuned at the end of this message to receive more information about resources available through Identity Church. Now grab your Bible, sit back, and enjoy a message from Identity Church that is already in progress. Good morning. How are we doing today? Let's gather up front. Put this here. Um, while we're coming up, I just want to remind you guys that we have flags up here. And you don't have to do flags, but, you know, if you want to come up and worship at the front, sometimes just getting out of your seat to worship, out of your comfortable place, it makes all the difference in the world sometimes. Um, also, just housekeeping um, things, all the coffee, you've noticed there, it's not over here anymore. It's been moved to the green room. So if you need your cup of coffee this morning, it's all the way through the double doors in the back. Yeah, if, if you're okay with it, you can hold hands. But if not, just stand there with your hands to your side. Sorry, I'm trying to get my myself adjusted here. <laughs> Look at all these smiling faces. What is that face? What's going on? You got something. Are you feeling something? She's all, what's going to happen this morning? Woo! <laughs> I love that. <laughs> That's awesome. Because you know what? It's not, I'm not up here. It's not, this isn't about me or what, you know, can I do this? This is about the corporate, what everyone's bringing. That's what it's about. I can't get my earbuds to go right. Is this all we got this morning? Where is everybody? Oh, that's right. Are people out of town? Yeah. They're like, oh my gosh. Yeah, they're like, I'm done. We're, we're doing this. So it looks like we got some prayer going on over here. So let's go ahead and... Hi, Delaney. Where's Ed? Oh, not to get on that, man. That's my buddy. Ooh, I got to get your num his number. Is he on Facebook? He's not on Facebook. I asked him that before. Let me share something with you, and we have some ministry going on over here, so I don't want to be distracting. But um, last week, we were just praying in the, in the room back here with the worship team, and I just want to encourage you this morning because as a worship leader, I, you know, I, I, I have this response. Like, I just feel this natural um, God-given responsibility to go, all right, what do you want to do? You know, what do you want to, how's the spirit want to move? And um, last week, but sometimes that's my, like, that's my downfall because I just like make it dig too deep or something. <laughs> well, that's true. But my, I go off into this thing that I don't need to go off into. And the Lord just said to me, just worship. Just worship. I'm like, oh yeah. <laughs> you know, and like all this stuff, extra stuff just started to just, diminish. So I just want to encourage you this morning that sometimes, you know, where we come in here and I know I'm not the only one that does this because we're a prophetic people like this house. Charlie always says that we are a prophetic house. And sometimes, you know, we just, we get like that. I mean, it's, it, it's something God gave us because that's what we are, but it's, I, I think sometimes it's a challenge for people like us to go, okay, it's just about worship. So I know I'm not the only one that comes through these doors or through the week or Saturday night. And I'm like, what do you want to do? I just want to make sure I'm doing what you want to do. And I want to release the spirit in the way. And he's like, just worship me. 
So if you come through the, if you're, you know, on the way here or you came through those doors, I just prayed that if you, you know, if you were coming in with that, I'm just like, oh, what's the spirit going to do today? How are we going to flow? Da, 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 whatever. And maybe it's just me. I mean, do I, am I, is that just me? Or I don't know. It might just be me. Thanks. Thanks for making me feel all alone. <laughs> um, I mean, sometimes it's okay to do that, but you know, the Lord just said, just worship. So, um, so let's just, I just want to encourage you to do that today. Just worship all the love and worship really is just the love and the adoration and the thankfulness that you have in your heart for him. That's what it is. And a lot of times we come in here and we're so bogged down by our situations and our circumstances, and we're all walking through something, aren't we? Every single one of us. And we, and we can get so weighed down by that. But when we focus on our love for him and how awesome he is, how much he's done, how safe we are in his arms, how sovereign he is over everything in our life, where we have question marks, God is sovereign. He already wrote your story. I mean, just that right there, I'm like, oh, hallelujah, you know? Thank you, Jesus. That is enough to just bring that worship out. But so I just encourage you this morning, as we go into worship, just dwell on his, his faithfulness, dwell on his life-giving spirit that he just freely gives that to us. He sacrificed his only son, to, to give us that, to, to just say, here, here's my presence. Here's all of me. Here's my spirit. Here's eternal life. Here's salvation. Here's redemption. Here's hope. Here's strength. Here's, you know, here it is. It's all here for you. I'm giving it to you. And so um, let's just close our eyes for a minute. And Holy Spirit, we just take a minute and we thank you that you are here. We thank you that you are here. You dwell within us. We bring you. We don't ask you to come. We bring you. You live on the inside. And we just say yes. Just, just come out. Just bubble up. Just overflow. Thank you, Jesus, that you sent the Holy Spirit to live on the inside. And we just tune into that right now. We tune into the Spirit this morning before we just before we sing one song and we just thank you that we have access just like that access into the presence access to the life-giving spirit of god access to hope peace strength access to joy because of all that you are because we're safe with you because we can hide ourselves in you because you are sovereign and you wrote our story. And the only safe place to, to be as darkness increases in the earth is you. And we worship you for that. We thank you that we can hide under the shadow of your wing. We thank you that we don't have to be overcome by fear. We are so thankful. We love you so much. And I'm asking that just that you would uncap every well, every heart well this morning in this place, that that love for you, that adoration for you, that thankfulness, that gratefulness just would just begin to swell within every heart. And we just pour that out to you in this place this morning. We worship you. We worship you. We love you. We adore you. 
We love you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you. Thank you, you're so faithful. You're so faithful. You're so loving. You're so kind. You're so holy. Thank you for your holiness. It's an all-consuming fire. It, it burns up everything that's impure in us. And that's you. You do that. We just love you. We just say we love you and you come. And you, you purify us. And you draw us closer to yourself. You draw us in to yourself. You draw us in. I thank you for doing that this morning. God, we all need refreshed. We all need washed off from the garbage of this pandemic and things that are happening in the earth right now, things that are happening personally. Just wash us off. It's what you do. It's not will you. It's thank you. You wash us clean. You make us clean. You remove all that heaviness and all that weight and all that fear and all that worry. All we have to do is just love on you. And you you do all of that. Oh, we love you. 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 We love you, Jesus. Oh, thank you for hearts just swelling this morning. We love you. 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 We hide ourselves in your love this morning. We, we, we uh, pursue it. We fall into it this morning. It's a safe place. Oh, we love you, Jesus. Mm, thank you. Amen. Oh, that felt good. Ah, yeah. All right, just re uh, hug a neck on your, or shake a hand, or do a fist pump <laughs> if you don't feel comfortable. <laughs> We're going to get started with worship. Remember, you can come up and worship. If you see a new face here this morning, just say hi. Hug them. Say, hey, how are you? What's your name? <laughs> All right, love y'all. I know I got a bit of an echo in here just real quick. Our drummer, Tristan, had their baby this past week. So just bear with us. Um, it'll probably be another couple weeks before we get our drummer back, but we're good. do a new song this morning. Most of you probably heard of it. Yeshua.
everything, everything that you are and everything that you have.
doesn't sound like much fun for eternity just to say holy, holy, holy for all of eternity. But I'm telling you there's something the Lord is releasing this morning, like the cherubims that circle the throne of God that have eyes on the outside and the inside. It always 
troubled me. Why do they have eyes on the insiders? Because he's, they're digesting something that they see. They see it on the inside and the outside, but they have eyes all over. And like a computer, they get so full of the newness of what God is revealing every time they see His face, every time they come around and they see some new attribute that they never have seen before, and they cry, holy, 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 because they're so overwhelmed with who He is and the depths uh, that are, are on the inside of Him. He is unmindable. There is no deep that you can imagine that is deep is who God is and I think he's releasing something this morning as we cry holy 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 he's going to release to you something that you've never seen about him so as she sings this chorus again I want you to just imagine yourself before the throne like the cherubims and allow God to show you something new about himself that you've never seen before because God wants to overwhelm your heart he wants to overwhelm
to open the scroll, break the seal, worthy one. Open the scroll, break the seal, worthy one. To open the scroll, break the seal, worthy one. Open the scroll, break the seal, worthy one for only you are worthy and only you This morning, the Lord gave me Finney, and he reminded me of something because you followed Finney, and you and you've said some things about Finney. But this is what God told me to tell you this morning about Finney. He said, "Charlie Coker, you're going to finish what Finney started." That's what you're going to do, and what was meant for a nation got regulated to a region and Finney was supposed to take what he was carrying to the nation and the nations 
said, you're going to finish what Finney started. This is what is happening. This is what this fast. It's about all the other things that you've said. It is, it is about God giving you the weight of his glory. Because that's what Finney carried was God's weight. That's why he's been pressuring you and putting things on you in this season because he's structuring you in a way that you can carry the weight of his glory. The Lord's proud of you because you've postured and you've positioned yourself and you've obeyed. So now watch and see what God is about to do. You're going to pick up the mantle that Finney carried. That's what I saw coming on you this morning. And I believe Karen has something to add to that because there's fire in that mantle. There's a fire of His glory that cleanses. And not just cleanses. In a, we think of cleansing as something bad. This purification is something bad. When we get in the fire and we get purified, we think it's bad. But it's something so beautiful and so glorious and so amazing. It's going to, as I, as I told you a moment ago, the radius of His glory is going to extend out from your physical being. In a supernatural way. Finney Road trains you'll ride airplanes. And as your airplane crosses over state lines and cities, that glory will extend. And people will fall under the presence and the convicting power of the Holy Spirit and come to the one who loves them. He's not an angry God. And you're not angry. He is so uh, indwelled his DNA with yours, you're one. If they were to take a blood test today, you would test positive of being God's son. That's what you test positive for. So Father, today, this morning, we release over Charlie Coker the mantle of Finney to finish what Finney started to take what he was regulated to a region to the nations. Father, I thank you for Charlie and what he's doing in this hour. And I thank you for his obedience to you. Now, God, I'm asking that you would supernaturally blow upon him this week and carry him these last five days, where in his physical body he may have no strength left, but God, through your supernatural strength, you'll give him everything that he needs in this last five days. So, Lord, we release him into this new mandate, into this new season that you've called him to, and we bless him. In Jesus' name, Gary.
horizon. What I saw was a picture of Cinderella's chariot, the pumpkin. But it wasn't a pumpkin, it turned into this beautiful sphere of light, and the father was sitting inside of it, like what Ezekiel saw. And the wheels of the chariot were the wheels from Ezekiel chapter 1, the wheels within the wheels full of eyes, full of fire. And the little mice became the horsemen. And I believe that as we travel in this new path in the Father, guided by the Spirit of God, we will become those horses see ourselves as little mice. I believe that it's a season that we need to look for the unusual. We need to look into the heart of our Father, what He has intended for us to do in this season. It's much greater than any place we have been. And even as Ron prophesied over Pastor Charlie, waiting for us. There are mantles waiting for us. If we'd only press in to the Father and receive what He already has ordained for us to have. I was here this morning on the floor and the Father was talking to my heart and He said, My bride is in my catacombs, the catacombs of my heart, just like the early Christians. They met in catacombs in the dark. He said, in this time it might seem very dark. He said, but I am the light. Just keep looking at the light. He said, because inside of each one of us is the Spirit of God that the Word of God says is the candle of the man. We keep focused on the light. We will find the end of the tunnel, the end of the catacombs. The Father said, it's coming soon. When we step out, we are going to be brilliant brilliantly filled with light. And I believe it's coming. Just uh, Pentecost is coming. Pentecost is coming. Again, in a way that's going to turn the world upside down. So get ready. Get ready to ride in vehicles that may seem out of this world. This roar must have been powerful for you missed it. But that did that to Terry. God drained me today. And he showed me that we talk about his holiness. We talk about how worthy he is. But he told me, you know what, Gary? You and the rest of the congregation are just as holy as I am. And just as worthy as I am. Says what you're lacking is how to receive my love, my agape love, a love that is intended for you, not to keep, to pass on. So today, make it today. He says about rest. He says today, make it a day that you pass on and receive that agape love. 
because he wants this church to be a loving church. We have all the prophetic, we have all the healing, we have all the deliverance. May God has given in our heart that we can have all the love, all the love that God has for us. And he's just waiting for us to say, give it to me. Because he wants you to have it. And he knows you'll protect his love and pass it on. Another thing he showed me, Pastor Charlie, you told me this morning, your will. He broke your will. And I was laying there, he says, you know why I broke his will? So my will can be prevalent. No more is it your will. Everything is spoken over you is that God's will. You're in a spot that you have an opportunity to go through God's will like no one else has. the dimmer somewhere, but I'm going to find it, I swear. Wow. Let's, uh, let's pray for uh, Susan and John Meeker. We, we were going to have him here today and give him a cake and love on him, but he's wound up with a fever, so we're going to try to push it off to next week. They'll be moving to North Carolina. Um, he's he's made a decision not to do uh, chemo, so he's just asking God to be graceful on him to heal him. He wants to spend some time with his family, so let's keep them in extra prayer, okay? Um, just thank you for your faithfulness. Um, I'm amazed at the goodness of God through this virus issue and the shuts down shut the shutdowns and all the things that you've been so faithful financially. Uh, it's amazing how good God is and how good your the people are. And um, Dan, don't be fighting over there. Just put your credit card in that thing and get over it. Don't be arguing. Jeez. You can give it the kiosk. Um, you can, the text giving is working well. Thank you, Jesus. At 386-753-3233, you, you fill it out one time, then you can hit that number, whatever amount you want to give. <clears throat> if it has a problem, just put reset, and you'll 
you know, if you need to change your credit card or Susie went shopping with it or something, and you need to get a new one. So, just bring your offering. That little child that was screaming earlier is a blood relative, so please do not um, say anything. And she's named after me. Her name's Charlie. I know you didn't name her after me, but it is my name. So I'm claiming it. Back there is, back there is Johnny Diamond. That is my favorite niece in the whole world, my favorite niece. She probably carries the closest to my mom's anointing and heart. She's awesome. When did you want to go to Australia? So when you were 16? When did you want to go to Australia? 12. She decided she wanted to go to Australia and serve Jesus. She shows up and winds up friends with all the uckety yucks of Hillsong. And then they open churches in New York and Atlanta. And she just, she just flourishes. She got it. She's married to Dr. Rob. He cracks me up. He's a chiropractor. Ah. Let's pray over this offering. Somebody. That's good. Lord, we thank you for the tithes and offerings. We thank you for every household. Lord, I just thank you that you're opening the windows of heaven. You are rebuking the devourer, and you're bringing in checks in the mail from the north, the south, the east, and the west. Lord, we'll, we'll take it from anywhere. Just bring the money because it will bring, bring us filthy lucre because it touches our hands and becomes righteous man. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Ah. You guys ready to hear me preach? Are you sure? Ah. Johnny's mother is my sister in New York, and so when I did all the preaching over the years in New York, she saw the good, the bad, and the ugly growing up, and they won't kick me out of this church. Well, maybe they will, but I've been behaving for years. I want to talk to you about the Holy Spirit speaking in tongues. I've, uh, at least I thought I did. Um... I've been on a 40-day water-only fast. I've lost 47 pounds so far. And uh, this has been the hardest one I've ever done. And I have to tell you, until this morning, I felt no comfort from God. He's been mean as hell. He's been going after things in my life. He's been going after rebellions. He's been going after sarcasm. He went after a mocking spirit that I've had. 
and he has not been very nice. When they were praying for me this morning, it's the first time I felt comfort. So I'm kind of like glad maybe he quit being mean. Um, he said to me, about 15 days into this fast, he said to me, he says, do you believe your mother was a prophetess? I said, yeah, I did. I mean, my mom would hear God and she would prophesy. She would go up to leaders. She would go into churches and rebuke them if God told her to. She walked in the office of a prophetess. And he said this to me. He said, well, if you'd really believe that, then you've been in rebellion since 1997. <laughs> the story is my mother had exploratory heart surgery, came out of the surgery, had a stroke, and did not speak for three weeks. I sent my Lincoln Mark 7 with my sister, two sisters to go to Sarasota to drive her across the state to Vero, where my dad lived, to go to the rehab hospital, and I met them on the street corner. I'm standing on the street corner. My mother hadn't spoken three weeks. She, she sees me standing on the corner, and she says to my two sisters, Oh, my Lord, he's going to be a fat preacher. Tell that boy no one listens to fat preachers. Lose some weight. And she died the next morning. I've made fun of that. Fifteen days into this past, he said, I've been in rebellion since 1997. I've been in rebellion to my wife who works very hard to stay in shape, eat fairly healthy. I've done a lot of research on this fast, and there's some room of improvement, but we'll talk about that later. God has removed, renewed my mind on how to eat. Um, this, I'm not a novice. This is my seventh 40-day fast, water only. I have never been weaker in my life. I used to unload semis, work. I've never needed anybody's help during a 40-day fast. God has crashed me with this one, and he broke my will. I had to ask for help to do my job. I let Ron drive because I didn't want to. That was scary. Talking about praying in tongues. <laughs> he drives crazy. But something broke in me. And I asked the Lord, I said, what? I mean, he's been mean. He's been pretty ruthless with me. Not saying I didn't deserve it. And he said to me, he says, do you know why I'm doing this to you? And I said, no. He said, you are one of the most strong-willed persons I know. And it's difficult to break your will so I can give you mine. Gary basically repeated what God had told me. And you know, Isaiah 
119 says, if you are willing and obedient, you will eat the good of the land. It didn't say the, you know, the carbohydrates of the land. And the, but then he says in verse 20, but if you refuse and rebel, you shall be eaten by the sword. The Lord told me to get down to my weight that he told me to be at. And, and when, I, when I start teaching today about the Holy Spirit, you're going to understand the Holy Spirit is a helper. The Holy Spirit is not a doer. See, we keep wanting God to come do what he's told us to do, and then we want to know why it didn't get done. Until I got over my stronghold in my mind that I don't want to be told what to eat, I don't want to be told what to do, that is, that is rebellion. And then Susie made a statement two weeks ago, which really frosted my butt. She said, you're beyond rebellion. You're into belligerence. And I've just been belligerent. I don't want to be told what to do. And the Lord said to me, he says, disobey me when this fast is over. And he says, <clears throat> Never ask me for a miracle in your health if you do. It's pretty tough. I'm going to tell you, he ain't been real sweet about this stuff. Because it says, if you refuse and rebel, you shall be eaten by the sword. Listen, I, I believe, I went to the Lord, I said, you know, I went on this fast because I wanted another supernatural encounter with you. He goes, oh, since when isn't divine health supernatural? And so... I got 20 years left. I'm 60 years old. I probably got 20 years left of good ministry. I'm just doing the math. I know you're you're there. You got another 10, don't worry. That's what I'm working on. But I'm also logical. I don't want to run hard at 80. I want them to come to me like Paul did. He rented a house, they all came to him. I got 20 years to go to you. <laughs> and 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 he's just he just he wrecked me. He, he wrecked me. Um I thought it was just going to be so sp supernatural spiritual. I started this fast with reading two and three and four chapters a day thinking Jesus is going to show up and he's like, "What are you doing? Get on YouTube and find out why you're fat." Get on YouTube and find out why, why you eat what you eat and why, what, you know, what, what happens to the sugars, what happens to this. And he's gone. He's, he's serious about it. And I told God, I said, I really don't want to talk about this this morning. I have a great message. And he says, yeah. He said, if you don't talk about it, then you'll have no one hold you accountable. And then when you die suddenly because of a heart attack, because you didn't obey me, at least they'll all know why. Hmm. Welcome to my world. I want to talk to you about speaking in tongues. Um, I found out who finally, this morning I found out who dropped the book off to me about four weeks ago about speaking in tongues. New York Times reported in 2006 by Dr. Andrew Newberg. He conducted research with a thousand evangelicals. Those that speak in tongues rarely suffer mental problems and are more emotional stable 
more sta stable over those who do not. This is a scientific research. Those who speak in tongues, your personal prayer language, are mentally more stable and emotionally more stable than those that do not. It affects both spiritual and physical. The University Study of Penn State Neuroscience Department, Dr. Newberg and others, when people speak in a spiritual language, tongues, they saw that the frontal lobe of the brain did not light up. But when they spoke in their English or their native language, it lit up. The reason is, is because the brain is processing your natural language. When you pray in tongues, you are pulling your language from the spirit. It is from a source other than your mind. This is scientists. This is New York Times, 2006. I believe it's November 6th. In addition, activity in the area that controls self-awareness was activated. Also, they were... They were not out of control or in some kind of mystical trance. Dr. Peterson, uh, a brain specialist, did a study and found that people that pray or worship in the spirit release two different chemicals directly into their immune system. Praying in tongues over time gives a significant release of brain hormones, which in turn increase the body's general immunity. Peterson correctly pinpointed the Try this one, hypothesisness. <laughs> that word. As the portion of the brain that is greatly impacted by our, pray, our praying in tongues. The hypothesis, <laughs> thank you, has direct regulation of four major portions of the body. Number one, the pulpitary gland and all targeted indoctrinal glands. Number, number two, the total immune system. Number three, the entire autoimmunic system. And number four, the production of brain hormones called endorphins and incontifinking. That's tongues. You figure it out. <laughs> Which are chemicals that the body produces and are 100 to 200 more times powerful than morphine. It affects those four major areas, praying in tongues. So what scientists have done has proven what Scripture says. It proves in Scripture that tongues promote healing in the spirit man, the heart, and health to the body. Jude 1.20, I didn't put to give you this one, Kathy, I added it. But you, beloved, building yourself up in your most holy faith and praying in the Holy Spirit. When you pray in the Holy Spirit, you are building you up. Your immune system up, your mind, your emotions, your will. But I'm telling you, you've got to choose to break your will, pray in tongues, and get his will. The Spirit knows how to pray for you. And if you're going to have to have complete understanding, all that there is a time to pray with understanding. There's a time where you just need a groan and an utterance. Because you know what? The Holy Spirit will not pray outside of God's will. period. Acts chapter 2, 1 through 4. 120 people gathered according to his instruction to wait until the promise of the whole, that the Holy Spirit came. 
Verse 1, when the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all together in one place. And suddenly there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. A a, A divided tongues as of fire appeared to them, rested on each of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and begin to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. That is the day that the church was birthed. The church was birthed, and they all spoke in tongues. And we have let doctrine, we have let let theological masterminds who have no power justify that the church was birthed in power, the church was birthed in tongues, and the other gifts of the Spirit, and we've watered it down, and we've become mediocre and powerless. Take that and chew it. They were all filled. Not a little dabble do you, you're saved. They were filled. I need to be filled. I need to be continually filled. You know why? Because I leak. Acts chapter 2, verse 6 and 8. And at this sound, the multitude came together, and they were bewildered, because each one was hearing them speak in their own language. And they were amazed and astonished, saying, Are not all these who speak Galilean? And how is it that we hear each of us in our own native language? Listen, the the corporate tongues is for the unbeliever. The corporate tongues and interpretation is for the believer. But listen, you don't need to interpret if you're speaking his language. We've had a, I, I've been, I, I've had some of that, but I'm telling you, I've had I've had the Holy Spirit. One time, I went I went to Pastor Boggs' house, and he was learning to speak Spanish because he's the missionary to the world. And I I drove away with my heart ripped out. I'm like, Lord, I'm not practicing. I'm not studying. I'm supposed to go to the nations. I can't speak. I don't even know how to say gracias. Well, is that Spanish? Yes, that's Mexican. Is that the same thing? See what I'm saying? Okay. All right, we're in trouble here already. <laughs> so, so, so I can I can remember, remember driving over. I can remember driving over I four, and I was like, "But Lord, what? You know, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not honing my craft. I'm not working on languages. I know I'm supposed to know these languages." And the God and, and the God of Almighty said, "Son, let me show you this." And somewhere in, the, in, in a vision, He dropped a file folder with 14 languages in my spirit, and He said, "Now you got 14 when you need them." I went home and told Susie, you're not going to believe what happened. I started speaking in tongues. It went to this kind of language. It went to a little French. You ought to hear me talk German. It's crazy. But that became my personal prayer time was tongues. And it was awesome. And I told Susie at night. And the next morning, I don't know if you know crazy, crazy Delilah, crazy blonde Delilah, shows up at the store. And she's like, oh, God told me to come. And I just, I I hope I'm not making a mistake. But God said that, that, that you need to have be filled with the spirit and speak in tongues i thought you did and she lays hands on me without asking what was she doing she was verifying what god had given me it comes by the spirit god can give you every language you need for every unbeliever to hear but you got to be your will has to be broken it has to be submitted to him then he can use it 
I've seen I've seen a vision um, where I started speaking Korean. I started preaching, and there was a whole Korean section in this church. And I started, I practiced at McDonald's once. It didn't work. There's a bunch of Asians. I'm like, they think, he's psycho. But trust me, you got to practice. I practice. But, but, well. They were amazed. I need water. They were amazed because they heard they heard these birthing baby Christians speaking their native tongue, their native dialect. What was that God doing? God was 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 transforming what he did at the Tower of Babel, where he had to confuse their language so they wouldn't be in one accord. So with the baptism of the Holy Spirit, with evidence of speaking tongues, it opens a door. It's not the door. It's one of the doors. It comes through Jesus that he opens up the ability to have unity in the Spirit. Unity in the Spirit. Then, then the natural will come. See, we want the natural before we feel good, before we, you know, come into unity. Acts chapter 2, 12 through 13. And all were amazed and perplexed, saying one to another, What does this mean? But others mocked and said they are filled with new wine. It hasn't changed much in 2,000 years. Both, both pe- people get amazed and you have mockers. Come on. I, I, I was talking to somebody this week. And, and, you know, and what kind of church you go? Well, I, I, I'm, I'm a little afraid. Oh, you probably don't want to come here, especially this week. I'm going to tell you, I'm not ashamed. I'm, I'm a tongue talker. I won't make it. I've prayed more in tongues during this fast. Mark 16, verse 17. Jesus, Jesus said, and these signs will accompany those who believe. In my name, they will cast out devils. They will speak with new tongues. Jesus said that. Maybe we're not casting out devils because we don't pray in tongues in our prayer life anymore. See, I've gotten fat and happy in the natural, but you know what? I got fat and happy in the spiritual. I used to take a Bible and practice and, 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 and read it out loud in English like a chapter of, of, of Psalms. And then in my head, in my heart, I would pray in tongues. And then I'd flip it around. I would actually pray in tongues and read it in my head in English. Why? Because I live in both realms. I quit doing that years ago. I wonder why I'm soft, why I'm not hearing, why I'm not sharp. That's, that's practicing the skill set of a gift that I was given. Paul says in 1 Corinthians 4, 5, Now I want you all to speak in tongues. Who? Oh, even the Baptist? Even Dan? I want... Now I want you all to speak in tongues, but even more to prophesy. The one who prophesies is greater than the one who speaks in tongues, unless someone interprets it. 
so that the church may be built up. Listen, tongues, and this is, I'm talking corporate now. Tongues and interpretation is equal to prophecy. We are a very prophetic church. We, we lean on the prophetic side and prophesy. But I'm telling you as a senior leader, tongues and interpretation is on the table, should be exercised, and I think we will see some miracles come out of it. It is not a secondary gift. Tongues and interpretation equals prophecy. We do not mock, we do not put down prophecy. We will not mock, and we will not put down tongues and interpretation. My father, um, years ago, my mom died. My dad just kind of died emotionally, spiritually. He came over and did a tent meeting, uh, a tent sale for us. And I said, Daddy, how you doing? <clears throat> he goes, I feel like I'm dead inside. I'm half a man. Your mom's gone. Well, my dad made a conscious decision. When my mom and dad got married, my mother was very sp spiritual, tongues, interpretation, prophecy. And my dad took a back seat to that because he didn't want to compete with her. He had seen some, some people in the church use tongues interpretation to try to railroad the church. And he never, so he took that as an offense. So he shut down for 50 years because my mother was so off the chain. And so that's when Trinity was barely going to make it and all that stuff that went on in the big church. I, my dad goes, I'm going to go there and see what God's doing. Because he, he did some stuff for the Assemblies of God at, at that level. He goes, I just want to see if what God's going to show me. So he goes there, and there's a big heavyset guy in the choir that rattles off a corporate tongue. His name was actually Dave Matthews. He's one of our friends. He rattles off. My dad says, for 50 years, he hadn't had fire in his belly like that. And the fire of God in him, he stands up and he interprets this word. Well, he was going to go home. He winds up at my driveway. And he tells me, guess what happened? He said, God said he made me whole again. Today, he made me whole again. I operated in a gift that I haven't operated in 50 years. Why? Because he willed to shut it down. His fear of man and maybe his own lack of integrity. I don't know what his purpose. He shut it down. Do not shut down the spiritual gifts of God. If you have a character flaw, work on that. But do not shut down the gifts that God has given you by the Spirit. You will be weak and ineffective, and the helper will not come help you when you won't do your part. Does that make sense? First Corinthians 14, 39. So my brothers earnestly desire to prophesy and do not forbid speaking in tongues. Sadly, some theologians in the church have thought that this was only for the early church, but not to today. I put a little note there. I won't tell you what I wrote. <laughs> it's kind of like, never mind. This is the scripture they used to prove their point. They used 1 Corinthians 13, 8 through 10. Love never fails, but whether there are prophecies, they will fail. Whether there are tongues, they will cease. Whether there is knowledge, it will vanish away. For we know in part and we prophesy in part. Listen to this. But when that which is perfect has come, then that will which is in part will be done away with. They use that scripture to say that we no longer speak in tongues. We no longer prophesy. They, these things will fail. But the perfect has come. You know what they're calling the perfect? The Bible. How in the world 
Could you interpret it with the Bible? The canon hadn't been built yet. The, 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 the scriptures that God anointed and put together as a Bible. That is not perfect. Jesus is the perfect one. And when Jesus is in your midst, you don't need to talk in tongues anymore. When Jesus is face to face with you, you don't need prophecy. When Jesus is sitting face to face, you don't need these things. That's when the perfect one has come. The perfect one is Jesus Christ, not the King James Version. The same guy that will beat you up with that scripture over tongues is the same guy that says King James Version was the original version, and if that was good enough for God, they're, they're crazy. Their spirit of religion on them, they will beat you to death with religion. The perfect one is Jesus Christ. Has he showed up yet face to face? Speak in tongues, prophesy, because you're going to need it. And that is religious hogwash. And that is their scripture that they stand on. The perfect one. And that's why they worship the Bible. It's the Father, the Son, and the Holy Bible. And they push the Holy Spirit away. Not here. I respect the Bible. I honor the Bible. It is our guidepost. But it is not the perfect one. He's the perfect one, the only perfect one. And until he shows up, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to speak to you in any language I feel like. That's anointed. Got it? I'm, I'm telling you, it, that is a false teaching backed by religious spirit and a murdering spirit. <laughs> you read the whole chapter. Nowhere in the whole chapter is a reference uh, that it's the Bible that kills the gifts. That's theological man thinking. <laughs> Proverbs 4, 7. The beginning of wisdom is this. Get wisdom, and whatever you get, get insight. Or understanding. You've got to have some wisdom has to come, then understanding has to come with it. These the the, the, the gifts of tongues in the corporate setting, we, we 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 need we need prophecy. I need prophecy. I was a great prophecy, man. You you, you hit some things that that were very personal. Listen, God God's gonna finish what he started. It's sad that it's taken four gener generations to do it. You know why? I, I don't think we surrender. The church hasn't surrendered. First Corinthians 12, 10 and 11. To another, the working of miracles. To another, prophecy. To another, the ability to distinguish between spirits. To another, various kinds of tongues. Catch that. Various kinds of tongues. To another, the interpretation of tongues. All these are empowered by one and same spirit, who apportions to each one individually as he wills. If God, if you do not let God break your will, then his will will never manifest. Listen, this, this breaking my will um, was painful. Um, necessary. And here's the problem. He's had my will in most areas. He wants them all. He wants them all. <laughs> Group one, public tongues. 
A public tongue with interpretation is for the believers, for unbelievers, and equal to prophecy. 1 Corinthians 14, 22. Thus, tongues are a sign not for believers, but for unbelievers, while prophecy is a sign not for unbelievers, but for believers. Kind of what I've already said. <clears throat> the, the, the tongues interpretation go hand in hand with prophecy. A tongue is for an unbeliever. With interpretation becomes a prophecy is for us. So in other words, if we're in a corporate say, setting and, 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 and Diana gets up and shanda, hunda, hundas, and, and everybody's sitting there looking at each other, and I'm like, all right, where's the interpretation if this is a corporate thing? If I don't get an interpretation, I'm looking around and say, did anybody understand that? And some little Korean goes, ha, she, ha, ha, ha. That's pretty good. We probably should leave them to Jesus. I mean, is that, there's my examples. It is a message to the local church at large. Group two, private tongues has more than one use. Personal devotion time and personal prayer time. This is called your private prayer language. I can tell you that um, studying this, going back into my history, um, God breaking my will has, I've never physically been frail like I have this, this fast. Um, to the point where I tried to use that excuse to let me eat, and no. And then we have a national crisis with our company, and it seems like me and Ron and my team have become the, the lead recall of 25 million pieces of bad product. And, 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 and it's just, I'm, I, it's crazy. It's been absolutely crazy, emotionally, physically, the whole nine yards. You think you have a four-day weekend. I don't have to talk to nobody. And I get an email at 7.30 yesterday morning. I have two containers, 72,000 pieces of this, and I got to figure out what to do with them by Monday because they want to, I think they were unloaded Friday, but they want them shipped now. And I've been asking for months, for weeks, what to do with these containers that were coming. And now it's an emergency. And I'm ticked. And, and I got to tell you, I sat right there this morning. I'm like, what am I? I I'm, I'm mad. I'm smart enough to know we had a problem coming. I asked for help. No one wants to talk to me. Now it's in my lap. You know what he said to me this morning sitting there? Those are just light fixtures. You're more important. I'm, I'm going to finish what I started with you. In other words, shift this away. It's light fixtures. It's not my money. Well, it kind of is my money. Susie's like, yes, it is. They're going to ding your commissions. But, but it's light fixtures. He's using this pressure to break me to where not my will, but his will. And, and if it's the willing and the obedient who eat the fat of the good of the land, King James, I like King James, the fat of the land, good, good of the land, ESV, did, did let, let him break you. Maybe the pressure of, 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 of your children. Susie and I got stuff going on with our children that are atrocious right now. And she, and she was in a house the other night. I need a prophecy. And we call Ron. And, and that was good, but we didn't like it. So we got another one. <laughs> I mean, we took heed. We took heed. And, and we, we took heed. And, 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 and 
We got a word the next morning that blew us away. Blew us away accurate. Blew, and, and, you know, he just sat there and, and he said, let me, let, me, let me pray a little bit. And, and he comes up with something. W- w- what is that? See, that, that, that's going to a prophet because I was probably unwilling to pray in tongues. Myself. I'm a prophet. I know how to do that for somebody else. Why can't I? Why don't I do it? Why? Because I've, I've mocked crazy people that have used I'm spirit filled and you're not as a crutch to be mean. I've mocked that. I've mocked the Pentecostal holiness, hair bun, can't wear makeup, ugly people. I don't want to be known as a Pentecostal. I want to be known as a Christian follower of Christ, filled with the Spirit and level-headed. No mental, don't look like I have mental illness and I'm emotionally stable. That's what it said, didn't it? That's what I want to be. These people that are walking around goo-goo-eyed all the time, they're crazy. That's not what it's about. Am I making sense? But 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 I get what I need in my prayer time when, when I can't articulate what I know I need. Go to tongues. Pray in tongues. Drive I-4 and pray in tongues. First Corinthians 14, 14. For if I pray in tongues, my spirit prays, but my mind is unfruitful. Where's your source? Your spirit. When you're praying in tongues, the spirit is your source. Who cares what you don't think? The problem you don't pray in tongues is because you think you have to know stuff. That's because you want to be in control and you haven't let him have your will. What I unfruitful, what am I to do? I will pray with my spirit, but I will pray with my mind also. He prays both natural and supernatural. This is part of your prayer life. Pray with understanding as it flows. Because well, you're really prophesying. Okay? But when it quits flowing, go over back. Shut your mind off. Go back into the spirit. But I will pray in my mind also. I will sing praises with my spirit. Sing in the spirit. I sound better in the spirit. But I will sing with my mind also. Personal prayer time will many times lead us into deep intercession and help us. Romans 8, 26, 28. I'm almost done. I actually got 10 minutes. Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. I've prayed more in tongues. Um... For we do not know what to pray for as we ought. But the Spirit himself intercedes for us. Do you notice that we rely on, we rely on the Holy Spirit being the intercessor and not you. But clearly laid out that he's a helper. So if you're not praying, praying for yourself, he can't help you. He's not going to come and do what he's told you to do. Right? Johnny, what did you say last night? She, she said something profound. Um, no, not that, the other thing. 
um, about prayer. What was it? it she, she said something about she was telling God or felt like, correct me if I'm wrong, that God's not answering her prayer. And the thought was, I actually didn't pray about it. He doesn't want to read your mind. He wants to have a relationship with you in your prayer time. Is that right? Unoffered prayer. That's what it is. So I knew it was good. Unanswered prayer versus unoffered prayer. See, we're saying, we're saying, you're not answering my prayers. And he's saying, you really didn't offer me one. You didn't bring any sacrifice to me. You didn't bring any real heart. You didn't ask for wisdom. You just wanted an answer for something you never asked. Is that, is that about right? But that was good. I should have wrote a note down. But, but, but the bottom line is we're angry with God for not being the intercessor that he's told us to be. Well, look at my kids. Haven't prayed for them. Look at my finances. Ain't praying about that either because you might hear something you don't want to hear. Like, don't buy that. You can't afford that right now. Or why don't you wait? How many times you waited and find it on sale? Right? I, I think we, we've robbed God from the miraculous side because we don't wait and we don't pray. I had a preacher one time that got in trouble, sold a car he shouldn't have, you know, bought a car he shouldn't have bought, sold it. I've told this story many times. So I loaned him my little Nissan that I had, little Nissan Sentra, beautiful little gray car. Susie was, had been driving it, and we had an extra car, and it had like 45,000, 50,000 miles on it. It was a great little car, and him and I were praying every week. We met every week. I was teaching him how to just rely on God. And, got, you know, and, and he's not going to buy a car until he hears God. That's the car to buy. Because he, he had messed up in that stupid stuff. Went out and bought a Beamer he couldn't afford. And so God speaks to me. I speak to Susie. We've come into agreement. I have the title in my pocket to give him my car. Called, left a message on his answer machine. He finally calls me back. Answers phone. Hey, man, I bought a car today. I say, really? What'd you buy? I bought a Nissan just like the one I'm driving that you loaned me, except it's got 85,000 miles on it. It's red, you know, a year older. I'm like, oh, that's great. I said, did you hear God? He goes, listen, it was time to make a decision. I'm like, you're an idiot. You're a certified idiot. Went and got my car, never said anything. Two years later, I went to work on one of his paddle fans at his house because he says to me, hey, man, would you pray? He had two other friends there that really liked me. Um, would you pray? We're trying to sell the house. I'm like, nah, I don't waste my breath with your prayers. He goes, why? I told him that story. He goes, what? I said, you still make a payments on that red thing, ain't you? He goes, are you serious? How come you didn't tell me? I said, you didn't give me an option. I said, by the way, I had the title to give it. I got credit for giving it. So I took the money because I sold it. What we miss because we don't pray what we miss because we don't pray in tongues because maybe he would have prayed in tongues and, and, and the, the, the unction to be patient would have showed up. Why? Because that's where the emotions of I got to make a decision comes from. Am I right? Tongues put your emotions in proper alignment for his will. Absolutely, it's a gift. Here, here's what I love. I'm, I'm going to start over. Likewise, the Spirit helps us in all of our weaknesses. 
For we do not know what to pray as we ought, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groans too deep for words. And he who searches the heart knows what is in the mind of the Spirit. So the Spirit has a mind. If you have the mind of Christ, the Spirit has a mind, and it will come into alignment. That's a good word. Because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. And we know... And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good for those who are called according to his purpose. How many quote verse 28? How many quote it all the time? That's your favorite go-to. I'll all work out because God got me. I'll work out because God got me. I'll work out because I love God. Well, maybe not if you're not praying. Oh, we want that. We want 28, right? We don't want to do 26, 27. And then we wind up like Johnny. Maybe it was just unoffered prayer. Then you get into mocking, melly baking. You're supposed to be interceding for me. No, you intercede for yourself. Then I will help you intercede. I'm done. Thank you for tuning into today's message from Identity Church. To know more about us, go to identitychurch.net, where you'll find resources such as a calendar, media, and upcoming events. You may also download an app for your mobile device from the Apple App Store or Google Play. Then from your mobile device, you can hear our messages, read from the Bible, take notes, connect with us on the social media, and even pay your tithe. Again, thank you for tuning in to today's message from Identity Church.